and we're back with another episode of the Uncaged the Lion podcast. Welcome back, gents. I am your host, Will Layton. Glad to have you here, and today is going to be another controversial episode of the podcast because we're talking about another hot-button topic today. All right, talking about why I say real men are pro-life. But before we dive into that, if you're unfamiliar with the podcast, if you're unfamiliar with the Uncaged the Lion movement, glad to have you on board. What we do is we are seeking to restore and recover that lion-hearted masculinity in the culture. All right. We believe the masculinity is not toxic, that society needs more true men, more masculinity, not less of it. And we seek to uh, raise up men into men of God, into leaders for their wives, for their children, their families, their churches, and their communities, all right? So if this is something you can get behind, if this is something that you believe in, then you're in the right place. Glad to have you on board. All right, other than that, um, just got a simple ask of you today. If you're a uh, podcast listener, then please leave a rating in review, especially if you're on iTunes. I don't know how the other platforms work, but on iTunes, it really, really helps if you leave a rating and review. Very simple. So if you appreciate us, then show your appreciation for this movement by doing that, please. And thank you. If you're, a, if you're watching this on YouTube or on Rumble, please subscribe and leave a like and comment. Let me know your thoughts. And uh, just, you know, glad to have you on board today. All right. Other than that, please connect with me. Let me know what you thought about the show or the, or the episode over on uh, Instagram. Uh, you can find me over at the Will Layton, and also from that page, you'll be able to also find in my bio a link to at Uncage the Lion, which is the page specifically about this podcast and about masculinity. At Will Layton, or at the Will Layton, rather, is um, is my personal page where I'm going to give you my unfiltered thoughts and commentary on the culture, on conservatism, politics, faith, family, freedom finances. These are things I talk about. These are things that I like, and these are things that I think that, um, you know, I might have something to offer, some words to say. All right. And uh, find me on Gab. Gab's awesome. Great uh, Christian company. Really excited about Gab. It's pro-free speech. So if you like free speech, get on Gab and follow me at Will Layton. And also you can find my at Uncaged the Line page on Gab as well. Please connect over there, follow, and uh, join in the fun. Okay, other than that, get on the email list and uh, check out the website. Brand new, just launched. It is uncagedthelion.com and get on the email list so Big Tech can't censor you from seeing the content so that you can get tactics and tips and advice about manful living straight to your inbox right where you want it. All right? So go over there and you'll get my uh, book list. I have a a free book list in the welcome email if you sign up for the uh, Lion Pride over there and that's just, you know, joining the movement, getting on the email list. And uh, I have five books every man should read right now. All right. So if you want to go see what those are, go hop on the email list. All right. All right. Housekeeping done. Let's dive right in. And today's episode is about why I say that real men are pro-life. Oh, this is guaranteed to get a lot of backlash. Um, abortion is a very, very, very hot button topic. People hold it near and dear, really clinch onto it. 
And uh, I'm very pro-life, avidly pro-life. In fact, I consider pro-life my number one issue, especially since um, getting married and building out a family with my wife. This is near and dear to my heart. And I got some things to say about it. Okay, so you might not agree. That's fine, but um, I'm not going to mince my words. So I think if you want to be a real man, if you want to be a true man, a well-rounded, capable man, and a good man, you have to be pro-life. It's the only consistent position. It's the only right position. Otherwise, you are either enabling or standing idly by while a great evil happens. I believe that abortion is the gravest evil that our country and our nation has ever um, partaken in, especially on a scale this wide. There's been over 60 million abortions since 1973, the Roe versus Wade. Um, And... That's unimaginable. So these are babies that are dying. These are children. These are little innocent lives. And we're standing idly by as men. So if you have not taken a strong stance on abortion yet, I think you're shirking your responsibility as a man and you need to man the heck up. Take a stand. All right, so I made a post my most controversial post I've ever made on Instagram. I got all kinds of comments, all kinds of backlash, and I'm okay with that. It is what it is. Speak truth and people aren't going to like it. And I just simply said, real men are pro-life. And I mean every single word of it. Real men are pro-life. Real men are not pro-abortion. And that's exactly what it is. It's not pro-choice. It's pro-abortion. If the baby had a choice, I'm sure they'd choose to live. You're pro-killing innocent babies inside the mother's womb. And maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not a girl, so I can't really have an opinion on it. Because that's what all the feminists say. They all say, you're a man, you can't have an opinion on it. My body, my choice. And I say, uh, bullcrap. First of all, that baby is half you, half the father. No baby is all you. It's not your property. That baby is a unique individual with inalienable rights. And it's half the father's too. So it is the man's choice. And when men don't when men don't take up that responsibility and put in their two cents and their, in their words for fear of backlash and for fear of, uh, well, it's the women's and she's got to carry it and this and that. That's how you get 60 million abortions since 1973 in the U S alone. And it's more than 60 million. I don't know the exact number. I just know it's over 60 million babies killed. Do you know how, have you ever seen the pictures? Do you know how it works? They go in and they suck it apart and rip it apart limb by limb. Limb by limb. And you know why that's important? Is because there's limbs. And you know what doesn't have limbs? Clumps of cells. If it's just a clump of cells, how do you rip it apart limb by limb? Harvest the organs. Sell them. Like Planned Parenthood does. That evil, evil organization. That your tax dollars are going to fund. 
makes my blood boil. Okay, so that was the status I made. Well, that was the post I made. It was Real Men or Pro-Life. And the reason why I say this is because you're not fulfilling one of the four primary roles of a man if you are pro-abortion. All right, if you're familiar with me, you know the, the first role is king. A man should be a king, a steward. Second is a builder, a provider. Third is a guardian and warrior. And the fourth is a teacher slash poet. Um, so king, builder, guardian, poet. Which one are you not fulfilling? It's the guardian. All right, so when you are pro-abortion, you are allowing the innocent lives of either your baby or your babies or other people's babies to be ripped apart and brutally murdered in their mother's womb, the very place where they are meant to be and the very place where they are supposed to be the most safe, these innocent babies. And this isn't just like, because I know a lot of pro-abortion people say this and feminists say this, oh, this, you know, there's just a clump of cells, this and that. This this administration we have right now, the Biden administration, Kamala Harris, this is the most radical pro-abortion administration we've ever seen. There's numerous places, and it still goes on today, where you can go full term and get an abortion and kill a full term baby as it's coming out of the womb. Think about that. Think about that. That's going on in America today. Talk about satanic, devil-worshipping, Molech, child-sacrificing, evil, evil stuff. Murdering your own baby. And imagine being the doctor that does it. What a scumbag. What a scumbag. Worse than that. As it's coming out of the womb, full term. I mean, that's as bad as it gets, really. But this, all through, it's the baby is the baby all through. But that's just, that's how radical these people are. They'll even murder a baby. If five minutes later it'd be outside the womb, somehow it's legal to murder it? Are you kidding me? So, you're not fulfilling the role of guardian, warrior, protector. If you are allowing or sitting idly by or being silent while the mob majority goes and marches down the streets with their vagina hats on and screaming in your face about how it's their right and their body and their choice to murder their own child. If you sit idly by, if you don't have a position on that because you're a man, then I'll tell you what, you're being a loser. You're a loser is what you are. You're You're not worth the ground you're on as a man. Because men protect the innocent. That's what they do. That's what it means to be a man. That's one of the four main roles of manhood. Protector guardian of the innocent of that which is good true and beautiful and you better bet 
A little baby is beautiful and good. This really, this is, uh, gets me heated. So I have words for you and you, you don't like them. You might not. I know the feminists don't. They're going to be in the comment section or whatever. Downvote in the video, whatever it is. I don't care. It's the truth. Abortion is evil. It is wrong. And it is murder. And if you're sitting idly by, you're a loser Sorry excuse for a man. Protect the innocent. Protect these babies. God puts you on this earth to be a protector, a guardian of that which is good, true, and beautiful. If this doesn't make your blood boil, ask why and repent. And women, there's so much misinformation out there in the culture today surrounding abortion they tell you it's just a clump of cells don't worry it's just that there is so much regret in mothers that abort so much resentment and regret deep regret and i feel i feel sorry for them i really do look just you can look up some of the stories and there's so much gratitude in mothers that did not don't let the culture lie to you and strip away this beautiful gift from god Don't. If you're thinking about it, please don't. There's crisis pregnancy centers that will gladly take your child and help you, give you whatever resources you need. Seek Christ, repent, and uh, please do not kill your baby. Please don't. I'm, I'm, I'm begging you, do not do it. And to the mothers that have done it, I have this to say, it's wrong and it is murder, but... There is forgiveness in Christ. You have been lied to, or maybe you knew that it was a lie, and you did it anyway for selfish reasons. That is evil. But there's forgiveness in Christ. So don't let the culture tell you that what you're doing or what you did was okay and celebrate it because in your heart, you know it's wrong. So go and fight against it. Make sure other women don't make the same mistake. There is a second chance for you or a third chance or whatever. Please champion the cause of children. Don't let your regret and your condemnation overcome you. All right. There's forgiveness in Christ. Men, I'm talking to you again now. All right. What, you know, where do we go from here? So you, that's why I say real men are pro-life. They just are. They just are. If you're not protecting the innocent, how can you call yourself a real man? You can be all bravado, pumped up, and this and that. If you're shirking your responsibility around protecting the most vulnerable and most innocent and most cherished among us, what are you doing? Get off your video games and go save some babies. At least, at least take a position on it. At least do something. At least say, you know what, this is wrong. 
Please don't do this. At the very least, do that. Stand up for them. Give them a voice. Don't be run out of this discussion because you're a man and you don't have a vagina and it's not growing and it's not your body, not your choice. Don't buy that. It's bullcrap. This also fails. It shows the failure of government, the government we're living in. And this is why I'm, I'm scared for the country that we're living in, America. I hope America repents. I hope there's revival across the nation. But it shows because what this is doing is government is failing absurdly, horribly bad in its only true role. And that is to protect its constituents. Protect its people. It's failing fundamentally at the worst level, at the very most innocent among us. The ones that need the most protection. All right. How do I know this? Because our country was founded upon the very idea of the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The Declaration says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That they are endowed by their creator, God, when they say that the country wasn't founded on Christian principles. That's a lie. They are endowed by their creator. These were not secularists that wrote this. They believed in a creator and being held responsible to him. Endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life. That's number one, the right to life. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. You can't have the other two if you don't have the first one. Our founder said this is the fundamental purpose of government. These are self-evident truths. They're so obvious. They're self-evident truths. That we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights that among them is the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, when it's not doing these things, like ours is not 60 million abortions, murdered children in their mother's wombs since 1973, that was not very long ago, Okay. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such a form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Our founders said, that if our government is not doing these fundamental aspects of government, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, then you have the right to you have the right to institute a new form of government. That's what they said. That's what they built the Declaration of Independence on. It's not my words. It's Thomas Jefferson and his buddies. If our founding fathers knew what was going on today, they'd be rolling in their graves.
This is what it means to be a conservative, is to care about principles that outlast and that are true no matter the time, no matter the situation, no matter the society, no matter the technology. These principles and truths are self-evident no matter what in all times forever because there is objective truth and there is objective morality. That's what it means to be a conservative, to conserve those things. And what it looks like in your time period might change a little bit from here to there and how it's instituted because of new technology and social media and this and that. But it's about the fundamental aspects. If you can't get those right, if you can't conserve and keep those, you will not have a nation worth anything. In fact, you'll have tyranny. That's what you'll have. Or oligarchy, which is pretty much what we have right now. The elites ruling. Let's get back to the foundation. Let's get it right. It starts with protecting our innocent and stepping up as men. All right, so I just want to drive home the point that a human has infinite value and worth because it is made in the image of our creator. That's why secularism and progressivism are so destructive and they've led to the worst atrocities in humankind. In the 20th century alone, I mentioned over 100 million people were murdered by secular communist regimes, regimes that hated God, that denied God's existence, that were progressive far-left regimes. Over 100 million people were murdered by their own governments alone in the 20th century, more than any religious wars combined. That's because they don't acknowledge human value. They think that we evolved from primordial sludge, a clump of cells. They, th- they think we came from a clump of cells, and, and that's what, and that's why it's okay to murder them. That's, this, that's the ideology we're dealing with. It's an ideological fundamental difference. It's humans have infinite value and worth because they were endowed with these things, because they were made in the image of their creator, or it is you came from a clump of cells, you came from primordial sludge, and that's back where you'll go. Nihilism. There's no life after death. There's no God. There's no ultimate transcendent source of truth and justice. So my will against your will, I'm going to impose what's right. Survival of the fittest. Secularism. That's where it goes. And they'll dress it all up with social justice and this and that and all these different things. And they'll borrow the morality of those that believe in God while denying God because they have to borrow that morality because there's no getting around it. You can't get around it. You can't live in a society without having objective truth and objective morality. But yet all their presuppositions, all of their philosophy is built on the fact that humans come from a clump of cells that we're ultimately worthless living on a a rock floating through space and that there is nobody to hold us accountable for our actions. And there's nobody to which we derive our inherent value and worth from. That's why what Hitler did was good for Hitler but not the Jews, but that's okay because they, they thought it was good. See, this is nonsense. That's how that, this is where that ideology devolves into. That's where it goes. That's why these progressive regimes, these secular regimes murdered so many people in the 20th century alone, because they all, they are working upon that Darwinian naturalist materialistic viewpoint. Okay. So what I want to say is a human has infinite value no matter how small 
he or she is and no matter where he or she is. Just because a baby is out of sight, out of mind in the mother's womb, and just because that baby is small, what Dr. Seuss say? Something about no matter how big or how small, a human is a human, or a person is a person no matter how small. I think that's what it is. Same, same exact thing. Dr. Seuss knew it. A person is a person no matter how small. No matter how small. And they have infinite value and infinite worth. Okay? And no matter where either. Just because the argument on the pro-abortion side is, well, because they're in the womb, because they're small, because it's a clump of cells, we can murder it. That's so wrong. So twisted. So when does a human become a human? See, that's the thing. They can't answer that question. They all have different... They all have different um, litmus tests and a different different spot where they say a human becomes human. And none of it makes any coherent sense. The only consistent position is that a human becomes a human at the point of conception. That's the only consistent position. Otherwise, when do you just when do you give it its humanness? When does when does it become a human? At what stage of that development does it become a human? Is it a human only if the mother wants it? If she's expecting and she's trying, then you say, oh, congratulations. But if she's not, even at that same time point, you can say, oh, well, you can murder your baby. What are you congratulating her for? What is the pro-abortion person congratulating, or even the pro-abortion mother, the person who's had children herself, but she's still pro-abortion? You're saying that your babies, you could have killed your babies at that point? When did that baby become your baby? At what stage? How does it happen? Does it just miraculously happen out of magic? The only consistent philosophical position is that a human becomes a human at the moment of conception, because that's the truth. That's the truth. There's no getting around it. And a lot of these people that are pro-abortion, they don't realize how, how much science there is and what this development looks like. A baby's heart starts beating ridiculously early, like a baby's heart starts beating before most mothers even find out they're pregnant. I think it's like three or four weeks along, their heart starts beating. Their spine, their brain's already developed at that point. I mean, they, they lie to you. They try to tell you it's a clump of cells for a ridiculously long time. It's not a clump of cells. It's a human. It's a human. It's a baby. With a beating heart and a developing brain and a spinal cord and little fingers, little toes. My wife and I, we, we, uh, we, we started trying to have kids after, after a year and, uh, of being married. And we wish we could have started. If we could do it again, we would have started at the very beginning. And what happened is we, um, we got pregnant immediately and we were very, very happy, and we were about seven weeks along, and she miscarried. And that was a very hard time for us. It was very emotional. And um, I don't talk about it very much, but um, that's a baby. That's our baby. And I believe we'll see our baby again one day. And um, she had to go through that process, and that was hard. And we said goodbye to our little one. 
and had a little had a little burial for the baby and got to see firsthand what seven weeks looks like. And um, it took her a little bit to heal from that and and then time time span of trying to conceive again felt a lot longer. It only was like four months um, after the two months of waiting. So it was like six months later, we got pregnant again, thank God. But during that time, it felt like ages, it felt forever. It felt like it was never going to happen again. And right now she's um, 16 weeks along. And I think at our nine week along appointment, our first ultrasound, we could see our little baby moving. That's before, that was before our baby even um, had fully, it just had little hand buds and feet buds. It wasn't fully formed yet with like legs and arms and everything, but it was still moving and wiggling around and you could see its heart beating in its chest. You could hear the heartbeat. So that's uh, some free information, but that's why I'm passionate about this because those are children. Men stand up, fight for them, fight for them. Fathers stand up, fight for them. All right. It's not a clump of cells. So when does a human become a human? At conception. That's when. All right. And when you get your soul and your spirit, like at what point us humans, we have souls, we have spirits. We're different from the other animals. We have consciousness. We're self-aware. At what point does a baby get that? If not at, at the moment of conception, there's no physical process that can endow that with you because it's not physical. It's immaterial. Your spirit is immaterial. Okay, it happens at conception when the Lord knits you in your mother's womb and he creates you. So this is a book called The Case for Life, Equipping Christians to Engage the Culture. All right, right here. And I want to read a little part for you. And it's this idea of construction versus development. Okay, it says philosopher Richard Stith asks an important question. Are human embryos and fetuses constructed or do they develop? Stith asks us to consider the example of a car. When does the car become to be? Some might say it's when the body is welded to the frame, giving the appearance of a vehicle. Others insist that there can be no car until the engine and transmission are installed, thus enabling the car to move. Others point to the addition of wheels, without which a vehicle cannot make functional contact with the road. But no one argues that the car is there from the very beginning, as, for example, when the first two metal plates are welded together. After all, those same metal plates can only... Be used to they can be used to construct some other object like a boat or a plane. Only gradually does the assemblage of random parts result in the construction of a car. So according to a 2005 New York Times op-ed piece cited by Stith, most Americans see the fetus exactly the same way as something that's constructed part by part. It's precisely this understanding, he writes, that renders pro-life arguments absurd to so many people. As they see it, embryos are no more human beings in early stages of their construction than metal planes are and cars are in the early stages of theirs. Okay, so it goes on to talk about this, about the clump of cells argument. Because they see it as something that's being constructed piece by piece. Okay, but here's the thing. The construction analogy is deeply flawed. As Stith points out, embryos aren't constructed piece by piece from the outside. They develop themselves from within. That is to say, they do something no constructed thing could ever do. All right, pay attention. 
They direct their own internal growth and maturation, and this entails continuity of being. Unlike cars, developing embryos have no outside builder. They're all there just as soon as growth begins from within. In short, living organisms define and form themselves. An oak tree is the same entity that was once a shoot in the ground years before it had branches and leaves. That's the truth. Stith illustrates the difference between constructing and developing this way. So this is the last bit I'm going to read. It's important. Pay attention to this. Suppose that we are in the pre-digital photo days and you have a Polaroid camera and you have taken a picture that you think is unique and valuable. Let's say a picture of a jaguar darting out from a Mexican jungle. The jaguar has now disappeared. And so you are never going to get that picture again in your life. And you really care about it. I'm trying to make this example parallel to a human being for we say that every human being is uniquely valuable. Right, you pull the tab out, and as you're waiting for it to develop, I grab it away from you and rip it open, thus destroying it. When you get really angry at me, I just say blithely, You're crazy. That was just a brown smudge. I cannot fathom why anyone would care about brown smudges. Wouldn't you think that I were the insane one? Your photo was already there. We just couldn't see it yet. That's the point I want to make. That's the difference between constructionism versus developing. The baby's already there. You just can't see it yet. That baby's developing by itself without any outside factors besides the energy that's coming from the mother in form of nutrition. That's it. Just like how an oak tree, the shoot of an oak tree, is an oak tree long before it ever grows into having branches and leaves. All right. I just want to leave with one last sobering thought and then I'm going to wrap this up. Okay. This is running a little bit longer than I anticipated, but got into some deep stuff here. And this is the sobering thought. I I put this out on my Instagram. Here's a very sobering thought. God destroyed the Canaanites with their culture's moral corruption was at a full when their culture's moral corruption was at a full. He gave them 400 years to turn from their evil ways, but instead they sacrificed tens of thousands of their own children to Molech and practice all varieties of sexual worship. America sacrifices a million children per year. Per year. A million per year. The most dangerous place for an American is between conception and birth in their own mother's womb, and it's not even close. It's not in Iraq. It's not in Afghanistan. It's not on the battlefields. It's in your own mother's womb. That's the most dangerous place for an American. All right. Thank you for joining along. Really appreciate it. This has been awesome. And uh, I just want to say that um, if you enjoyed this, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. Um, Please subscribe and leave a comment, like on YouTube and Rumble. Please connect with me over on Instagram and Gab at Will Layton on Gab at the Will Layton on Instagram and at Uncage the Lion. You can find the podcast page on both of those places as well. Check out the website uncagethelion.com. Get on the email list. Get your five free books that every man should, the book list that every man should be reading right now. Five books right to your inbox. Fight back against big tech and uh, be men of strength, honor, and courage. Uncage the Lion. Done.